lovelies. And welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network. And up until uh, earlier today, I've been only thinking about Wrestle Kingdom as what we were going to talk about today. Um, and we probably won't spend too much, but we are recording this as, um, you know, we've been watching uh, terrorism unfold in our country all day. And all, and all because uh, myself and my guest today um, thought it would be uh, it, that it was needed to wait and see what New Year's Dash held. <laughs> Okay, it's not all, it's not, that's not, I take that, that made it sound like we're to blame. We're not to blame. I misspoke anyway, but no, no, um, I guess this week to help me run through Wrestle Kingdom 15, returning to the show, Rachel Giuliani, how are you doing today? Uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm doing, uh, fine. <laughs> it's. I Not do well. like that you implied that we brought this on. Ourselves. God, I'm never gonna live that down, <laughs> ever. Now, Jesus. All we but had I... to do was not watch wrestling. Yep, we just had to <laughs> hope that they didn't weren't teasing something with Jay White's emotional mm. breakdown. <sighs> oh well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. <sighs> Yeah, no, like, well, in all seriousness, though, like, there, it's been, it's been a, a one hell of a day, and um, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, like, I entertained the thoughts of like not recording this show this week because of everything around it, but yeah, for sure. Um, but honestly, like, there was a lot of joy that came out of this three nights of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and we all need a bit of joy right now. So, yeah. and I hope everybody who's listening is like doing okay and getting the support you need. Is like for me, it was really hard to watch everything going down today for you know a lot of reasons. And I, I just hope that you guys are all safe and feeling like you've you've had the chance to process in a way that's helpful to you. Um, and you too, Brian, obviously. Oh, um, same although, thing. like, yeah, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll all be processing this for a while <laughs> that is for sure at least <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's gonna be a while and honestly i think i just got like a bit of the giggles because you laugh through the pain right of... and also just like this is <laughs> this might as well happen like not like like obviously bad things shouldn't happen but it's like this is now a thing that is possible in our reality and it's like <sighs> Like we knew this was going to happen, which is like they literally were like, "We're going to do this thing." <laughs> Not like we are all shocked, or we shouldn't be shocked that like this happened. They were, they they like said that this is what they're going to do today. <laughs> well, don't tell that to all the lawmakers. That's what's kind of crazy about it to me. Like it's yeah. like they they talked to the president, who was like, "Yeah, go to the Capitol." <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, show up, rally against it. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway let's yeah. let's let's we'll, we'll leave that for now uh, because <laughs> i feel the temperature rising in my soul one more time uh from earlier today Wrestle kingdom 15 um obviously this is uh new japan's major show of the year so much so that for the second straight year we have two nights of it um this year of course with covid restrictions 
you know, not as many people in the building, obviously, but that doesn't necessarily affect what goes on with the show per se. Um, obviously, one of the major like talking points going into this was Kota Ibushi's rise um, after winning the G1, losing the briefcase to Jay White, and having a sort of another de facto double gold dash in a way similar to what we had last year set up with Naito defending against Ibushi on the first night, and then Ibushi or the winner of that match. I guess we, yeah, fuck, you all wa- you watched it. Ibushi winners for a year ago. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, but then Ibushi winning and going on to face Jay White on night two. He um, lost to night one and. Oh yes, last year he did. Yes. Yes, this yes. year he won. And yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, so I that- forgot that Jay White was this night two on both years yeah it was that was i mean obviously like long-term storytelling there works out perfectly for for what we ended up with at, at the close of these both of these nights but mm-hmm. yeah that that jay white kota abushi match from last year's night two at wrestle kingdom was uh very formative for for what we saw happen uh going into this they, it seems like Kota and Jay have been just at each other all year in, in different ways whenever New, New Japan was running. Um, and so, yeah, it, it had a hell of a payoff this year. Um, but obviously that wasn't the only thing going on. We had a number of, of awesome matches, another a number of um, very hotly contested rivalries that were either got some settle some like some settlement or just added fuel onto the fire for future matches down the line. Uh, we're going to run through both nights um, and we're going to save the, the programs that had matches on both nights for later on. So we can just run through those straight. So I guess we can start off with night one kicking off with, I guess technically it's the pre-show, but mm-hmm. the new Japan Rambo, um, <laughs> the, their form of a Royal rumble, um that i one. love i love any rumble format like battle royale style like just hook it to my veins anything <laughs> where like i have adhd and like anything where a new person appears every two minutes and st- like there's like 20 things happening in the ring is just feels great to my brain <laughs> so i love that they start with the rumble for for that i wish they did more of that gimmicky bullshit <laughs> well i mean honestly you might get more of it now with the king of pro wrestling championship mm-hmm. which this was basically a qualifier for the right this the... was a two-night story actually exactly <laughs> it was actually so yes we'll start off we'll i take back what i said earlier we'll start yeah. off with a two-night program here yeah obviously that this uh match i think there were like 21 people in it and it basically came down to the final four, we're going to move on to night two to battle for the provisional King of Pro Wrestling 2021 championship. Of course, one of those four people did end up being the man who ended 2020 as the King of Pro Wrestling. Um, everyone's hero, Toriano. Um, and then the five, and obviously he qualified for the second night without even entering the ring in perfect Yano form. True king. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and he would be joined by Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, and Bushi. A very interesting mix for mm-hmm. a, a night two Wrestle Kingdom proper match. How um, how did you how did you kind of uh, feel about where the four that we ended up with here, and then how the mat the, the goofiness of the night two match that played out? Uh, 
I don't know how to feel about the four. I don't know. What did you think about it? Because it's, I, I don't know how to feel about those four people specifically. Like I, I liked that there, I guess, like is a strong word, but I like that both, uh, that there were two people from the bullet club there. Um, just so that you could have some interesting interaction, but the, it was an odd selection of people. It seemed like, you know, these people don't have anything to do today. Um, <laughs> Uh, which I mean they put on a, a good match and everything um I think yeah I I, I don't know about they don't really have like a dynamic between any of them um so I I don't know what did you think did, I mean, the, the closest you had in a dynamic was like some of the teases that you had with two bullet club members in that match right specifically Foley and Owens like obviously starting off with the callback to the finger poke of doom at the very beginning of the match mm-hmm. and then the inevitable infighting because they both want this trophy even though right. Fale clearly hates this trophy yeah they're um, both like when i win you win right and like i i love that heel faction shit like we're definitely gonna help each other right yes totally. we sure are <laughs> <laughs> um uh, yeah um and honestly like i think this this title is perfectly set for yano in a lot of ways. So I'm very happy that he ended up walking out with, oh, with yeah. the trophy again. Um, Bushi, the only reason why I could think that Bushi was in this match was because they're clearly setting up for some kind of like singles program with him and Watto coming out of Meter's mm, Dash. Yeah. And he was, yeah. So like maybe, I, maybe they're trying to give him a little bit more elevation there. But like there were, you had names like you know, Nagata, Suzuki, um, I mean, yeah, a number of people that were like Goto, Rocky Yoshihashi, Romero, Romero, yes, like a number like, of people mm-hmm. that just yeah, didn't make this match. Sorry, it I'm was sorry. strange. It was strange that like I didn't in the they were still getting some camera kinks worked out because some of the eliminations happened weirdly off screen or whatever. Um, and like I didn't realize that Minoru Suzuki got eliminated or Rocky got eliminated. That those just happened like off, you know in a separate area um (laughs) but like i i love the king of pro wrestling um trophy idea like i'm so glad that new japan is like they're so they're so like stodgy and so you know this is a real sport and it's they definitely embrace the ridiculousness of professional wrestling but never this explicitly and like in in this sense there is no other king of pro wrestling there is there is only Toruyano. There's, you know, like it was kind of like, why are we having a tournament? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that he walked away as the winner because the only thing that I'm upset about is um, that there was no real interaction between him and Minoru Suzuki. They're like my favorite, one of my favorite pairings. Um, Yano has a winning record against Minoru Suzuki in singles <laughs> matches. Um, and I just love that little bit of lore. Like he is really the only person who, who just consistently ruffles <laughs> Suzuki. Like he just isn't afraid of him or, I mean, he is afraid of him because he's like kind of a coward. That's part of his thing, but he, whatever Suzuki, whatever Suzuki does, Yano's just like, oh, I got a thing for that. <laughs> I love their dynamics so much. Um, so I really want to see them in the ring together as many times as possible. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And honestly, like knowing Suzuki's background in some of the goofy stuff that he's done, especially like I always go back to that uh, empty arena match in DDP. It, oh yeah, so good. Yeah, so good. If he's they if, done, if, to get those two together for a King of Pro Wrestling title match, and give me some dumb goofy main event the Tokyo Dome, please. Yes, you know that. you know what perfect thing to run during the age of COVID. Empty out that building. Yes, run it back. <laughs> Yeah, um, they're just, I love Minoru Suzuki as a concept too, because like the the wrestling like dude bros who are like, he really gets pro wrestling. Like he's like a real fighter and stuff. Like they don't understand that he's, he, he does get pro wrestling, but they don't. Like he has been in those DDT matches, like the campground matches. He was in that Kaiju movie with Kota Ibushi. Like he is so about the like inherent ridiculousness of pro wrestling which is why he makes such good sense with Toriano who is IRL a legit very very talented and decorated amateur wrestler so <laughs> um yeah just get any time they can be together I just want to they haven't been in a G1 block together for like Suzuki wasn't in the G1 this year or was he last year? I don't know. I yes. Don't, yeah, I think he was. Mm -hmm. It's been a few years since they were in the same block, though. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, this this time around that will change. Because honestly, like you, you need Suzuki in the G one. I I missed him this year a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same. God, <laughs> I just fucking murder daddy. Anyway. <laughs> um... <laughs> And like he didn't want to. He's like, I'm 51 or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, he had his 30th anniversary a couple years ago. So, you know, okay, I get you don't want to do the extremely grueling and awful G1. But will you please? <laughs> yes, for, for us. For, for me. us. Yeah. Yes. We deserve it. Um, it's but sticking on Suzuki Gun though, that gets us to our first match of night one proper that we're gonna mm -hmm. talk about here. The uh tag team championships on the line, dangerous techers, Zack Saber Jr. and Tai Chi mm -hmm. defending against the Gorillas of Destiny, coming off of their first World Tag League victory. Um, and they end up succumbing to the Bullet Club's uh tag team du jour here mm -hmm. uh in a match that i i really enjoyed i i i've tai chi as someone who i really did not have that much affinity for back maybe two or three years back tai chi has been someone that has grown on me exponentially oh for sure and yeah. his tag team with zach saber jr is probably the, the the best thing that he's done ever even better than like him and taka hosting like those uh <laughs> those pop shows that they're doing or whatever yep. oh. um and like it's it's been really great to see his evolution and the two of them really meshing as a team and what can you really say about god i mean they are stalwarts of this division they they, they are the only tag team <laughs> like for the, the longest like time. i mean tenkozy is well we could talk about that later but tenkozy still exists but like god is the only consistent like they are a tag team they're not two singles wrestlers like even evil and sonata won those titles a bunch of times um but they were also singles wrestlers they you know they they weren't primarily like tamatanga was in the g1 sometimes but they were primarily a tag team new japan isn't 
awesome about their tag divisions. I, I think um, like they really are focused on singles, um, which is sad because I love tag team wrestling. Um, but yes, Dangerous Techers have, they have the chemistry. They, they're just, they're perfect together. Um, and they have that like, God, I love Suzuki. <laughs> they're all just <laughs> such bastards. They're, they're just, yeah. Um, I, I loved the, the, I liked the match. I mean, I, I actually was like, because you, you know, you've seen so many GOD matches at Wrestle Kingdom for the, I feel like I have anyway, for the, the titles, like whether they were defending them or trying to get them. I just kind of was like, all right, I get this, you know, and because we saw so many dangerous techers matches this, uh, in 2020. Um, but I was surprisingly liked it. I, I really enjoyed it. It was like, they tried to out bastard each other. And I really appreciate, um, the links that they went to, to do that. No, definitely. I, I'm with you on that. Like it, it's, I love, I love the characterization of that, like out bastarding one another, because that's, that's all this really was. I mean, yeah, Suzuki Gun's just very flippant about it, and Tama and and Loa are just way too in your face about it. And yeah. one prevailed over the other this time around, obviously with um, Jado distracting referee and Tama Tonga stealing the the Iron Fingers and oh, rude very rude mm-hmm. clearly distraught tai chi after that whenever yeah. they not only left with the belts it seemed like he was more upset that they that they left that, the yeah. with iron fingers than yeah. uh, than the belts themselves um so yeah i don't know i i enjoyed the match for what it's worth i'm with you in in that their tag team division really it's it's felt better this year i think because so much of it was dominated by the rivalry with uh tanahashi and, and ibushi and the dangerous techers mm-hmm. for as long as it was because i think those are two solid teams even though their teams made up of singles wrestlers primarily yeah. mm-hmm. um but you're right the god is really the only like straight up tag team only always tag team that they have the heavyweight there. yeah they have rapongi 3k and god and that's yeah. it and even with rapongi 3k like yo's been hurt for yeah. most of the year so yeah like, it's really just been kind of show and every once in a while rocky rolling in yeah um so. yeah but i mean that they had a thing where they teased rapongi 3k challenging for the heavyweight belts challenging god this was like uh, two years ago yeah, yeah um yeah. it never happened but i really wanted them to do that so please if you're listening new japan please i want to see when yo returns healthy and strong i want to see <laughs> rapongi 3k challenge for the heavyweight t- that will rule so much also, oh, yeah. I just want to say, Tomatonga looks like a different human being when he's shaved his beard oh, off. My God, yes, he does. <laughs> God, I had forgotten that he shaved everything because, like, I was like in and out on tag league for for mm-hmm. the run of it, but I, I had completely forgotten that he had like basically like shaved off three fourths of his hair um, mm-hmm. from from his head, and like, yeah, he looks completely different. It's just uh, weird. just like a different, per- a totally different person. Mm-hmm. I. He seems yeah. more arrogant, with a clean-shaven face. Yeah, he does. He's like he he was, he. I mean, he's always been very handsome, but he didn't he didn't have the like slickness with all that hair and beard and stuff. He was more in that kind of more like scrappy sort of like bad boy because that's like you know his 
Of course. This was very good bad boy, <laughs> as, they, <laughs> as they call him now. Um, yes. I, I like this, this more <laughs> leaker jerk. <laughs> it's good. I'm, I'm with you on it. Plus, you get to see the, the cheeks now also. Yeah, he looks young. <laughs> yeah, he looks really. I was thinking, my mom once accidentally called him Tommy Tonga, and I thought it was hilarious. So I always like call him that. But like when I saw him with the with the like cheeks and the shaved face, and I was like, oh, it's it's Tommy Tonga. <laughs> yeah, like she knew she knew his name, but I have to defend my mother's honor here. But she um she did say that. That kind of leads more into more Bullet Club um, antics with mm-hmm. Kenta defending his U.S. Heavyweight Championship uh, briefcase against Satoshi Kojima, which um, obviously this match was built because <laughs> Juice Robinson had uh, injured his uh, orbital bone mm-hmm. and was pulled out of this match originally scheduled. Um, but Kojima stepped up and delivered like I will, I Kojima is someone that I will never complain about seeing. I bread Same. club all day. Love him. I yes. love him. And, yeah. and I'm very happy that he got another shot at a singles match at Wrestle Kingdom, and yeah. showed that he can that he can roll, uh, still roll with some of the better people out there. Even if you know it's a different Kenta than you know people that maybe watch Noah are used to. Um, yeah. But honestly. In a, in a way, a kind of a better Kenta? Oh, like, it's, I think it's a way better. Like, it, I was watching this actually going like, that guy used to be Hideo Itami. Like, it's not, it doesn't even seem like the same person to me. No. Um, and it's not just because of his amazing hair <laughs> that he has now. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kojima, like, he had his last G1 a couple years ago, I think um and he and it was a freaking great g1 he had some great matches in that in that g1 i thought anyway so i'm never sad to see him like you although i was a little bit like oh that's a a choice um but i mean <laughs> you know, yeah he was he's he was juice's mentor so it made sense in that way i i like wasn't upset about it but was like you know you had there there could have been other people probably <laughs> like um, i mean ishii would have been a good choice but yeah. yeah yeah um i i don't know but the match was really good i'm just impressed every time i see kojima um and nagata too who was not who was in the rumble but the rambo but um like i'm just so impressed with how much they can still do they've no. been doing this for so long i know like this was 30 like this is 30, kojima's 30 year anniversary yeah you know he's 50 years old and he's out there hanging with with kenta mm-hmm. and performing just as, like I, I always go back to his g1 match with juice robinson at juice robinson's first g1 as yeah. like one of the, like the more stellar like recent matches for him and this mm-hmm. one was like right on par with that for me totally and so like i I, I loved it. I'm. I mean, obviously, Kenta. There was, I don't think there's any doubt that Kenta was winning this match. Right. Especially whenever you had John Moxley show up on screen before the match, teasing yeah. that the championship match is finally going to happen. Um, at some point, at least. Maybe that Maybe. would be cool. 
Although there is some, there's some weird kinks to work out there. Like I thought, like I'm pretty sure, like Moxley's contract says he can't wrestle for New Japan in the U.S. So I don't. That might be the case. Yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, New Japan is wisely not really doing too much in the U.S. except with their wrestlers who are based in the U.S. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know how they're gonna do it. I don't know either, but they're they're definitely saying that it's happening sooner than later. So we'll see. But yeah, Kenta wins this match, maintains hold of the briefcase. We'll assumedly we'll take that into face John Moxley for that championship at some point soon. Yeah, and I'm here for that. I want it's gonna be like I want Moxley to come back in like his short shorts so it can just be thigh o'clock and mm. I just, like watch the, these two just beat the hell out of each other. With their with their impressive thighs, mm-hmm. Kenta Kenta is the he's yeah. the king of that. Like he just <laughs> like Christmas hams. They're just like perfect. <laughs> I I I'll, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. I'm not gonna mince words here. Nope. I like Kenta's thighs. They're great, especially uh, since Evil's gone to the long tights now. Oh, oh. and deprived us. Mm hmm. Mm hmm rude again (laughs) uh Uh, yeah that's that's a heel move that's like yeah okada did that a couple of years ago too i don't even want to think about it yeah so i mean i like the long boys but for certain people no no Mm -hmm. stick with stick with what got you to the dance (laughs) yeah um that leads us into the next match of night one hiroshi tanahashi facing off against the great okan in the first of what would be three matches from the newly formed empire challenging some um new japan pro wrestling stalwarts here i'm curious to get your take on the great okan um obviously he's been doing a lot with rev pro over in britain and um you know we knew him as oka before he went on excursion and he seemed to be you know kind of like upper echelon of his young lion group but maybe not like oh like over the top um i'm curious to get your take on the on the character and what you've seen from him since he's come back uh post g1 yeah um it's a good question he he hasn't really worked for me yet like i haven't really connected with the great okan yet um and part of it is like i think part of it might be that i remember young lion oka and like i haven't been watching new japan that long um and so he's one of the first um young lions that i saw as a young lion a lot and have seen return so maybe there's a little bit of like you're just a kid still but i don't think so like you know (laughs) uh yeah like i was on board with show and yo right away um, but they, I mean, they don't have as gimmicky a gimmick as he does. I, I just, it doesn't, it's not doing it for me yet. I really want to be on board with him. I feel the same way about Master Watto, sadly. Oh no. Like, I just, I want to be there with them, but like, I, it's not clicking for me yet. And I wanted this match, like this, I thought Tana would bring that out of him. Um, and he like definitely has a huge presence like he just he is not afraid to be there he doesn't look like a young person he is just you know he acts like like hell yeah i should be in the tokyo dome you know um 
it's i think it's it's a, a me thing maybe i don't know mm-hmm. it just didn't i mean it was like a good tana match it was a good great okan match yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's a a good place to land with this match. Honestly, like it was the best I've seen out of Okan to this point. Mm-hmm. But honestly, we haven't seen him in a ton of singles matches. Really, yeah. I think it's just the only other one I can think of is him and Okada. And yeah, that Which one was, was fine. Yeah, it was fine. This was better than that. Yeah, I feel um, mostly because Tana has switched up his style so much. You know, as his body is starting to go a little bit, and like the more ground-based stuff in this match was was really uh, interesting to watch, especially knowing like the, the power dynamic there yeah. with with Okan being very overpowering and and how he's looked so far. Yeah, I'm um, glad that Tana has put effort into that. Like he's good at that. He can be really good at the ground game if he wants to. Um, I mean, he's Tana, so. But I am really glad to see him switching up his style, honestly, because for the longest time, his story was like, what is aging? I don't do that. <laughs> and like, he clearly doesn't because he's Hiroshi Tanahashi. Like, but also, it's been hard to watch him be kind of in denial about the fact that he is aging and that maybe he's past his prime and stuff like that. And so to see him actually go like, you know what? maybe it's okay if I get older <laughs> um, is, is good. And like in his post-match comments, he basically was like, my best years are behind me, but he said it in this kind of way that was like, well, maybe it, to me anyway, he, he never even wanted to think about like his legacy or whatever, because thinking about his legacy would mean admitting that like he, that that time has elapsed (laughs) um and now i think he's starting to be more comfortable actually going well you know i still have years ahead of me and i still can elevate pro wrestling in new japan and um i i think that came out in the style that he wrestled this match and like you said uh with the kenta match like Tana was going to win this match to me, Um, but he always does an amazing job of like, uh, probably because he has so much experience winning big matches, um, he always gives you the like, well, is he really like, you know, um, a couple years ago in the New Japan Cup, his first opponent was Shota Umino. And and during that match, at one point, I was like, wait, really? You know, like, he's just really good at it. so yeah no I, I definitely with you on that especially like with the new japan cup like there's a there's a kind of a like unspoken tradition that tanahashi always loses in the first round the first round tournament. yeah mm-hmm. so it totally makes sense and they I, set honestly, it up so well that year it was really good yes yes it was <laughs> and honestly i think that's kind of where this is i think the, that's kind of where this is going to go like tana obviously i don't think he he wasn't going to lose in, in the dome very rarely does he lose in the dome or for like for good reason right um, to a, to a returning young lion i don't think he was going to lose in the dome exactly but i would not be surprised if this match happens again in the first round of the new japan cup mm-hmm. and we see okan get that victory because like mm-hmm. granted his okay for me with with great <laughs> okan whenever it comes to everything post him getting into the ring 
it works for me. Mm -hmm. Like I like mm -hmm. a overbearing style. I like the kind of thing, the way that he works. I like the claw slam finisher that he has. Like I've been waiting for someone to actually use that finisher for a while. Oh God. Yeah. Company. The way that they, and like the way that people sell it has been so good. Yes. Um, yeah. It's been so good, but like his entrance and everything that comes with like i i get the invoking like the 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 historical representation of like the chinese vampire mm -hmm. and that the ties back to kind of like this this mongol character with you know obviously the khan reference being in there it yeah. just it just seems like it's too much like it's <laughs> like one too many gimmick on a gimmick whenever it comes to that until finally he gets in the ring and shows you like, Oh no, he's very intimidating to the point that he cuts promos without a microphone. I love that. Yes. I don't, I, I want it to be like, Oh, come on. But I just <laughs> love it. That um, it just works. Yeah, it totally, it totally works. Uh, and like, there was a great shot of like Tana coming down to the ring, uh, coming down that super long ramp and Okan just like standing there with his hands behind his back, like totally unafraid. And Again, I thought I would have thought that I would be like, uh, you know, a little eye rolly about it, but it, it completely worked for me. I, I liked it. I, I gotta say, I don't like the screaming with the Mongolian chops, but I also just really love that he does the Mongolian chops on Tenzan. <laughs> um, I that love that. I love moves like that in general because they're so freaking silly and and like the way um with tenzan the way that people sell the mongolian chops like kind of out of respect for <laughs> tenzan is just beautiful um like like how kojima does that like corner oh yeah the machine gun back. chop yeah like yes. it's the dumbest thing it's the worst move it looks bad <laughs> but people every single wrestler doesn't matter who you know like even Will Ospreay the other night, like Tanahashi, Okada, everybody sells that like you like this is the most devastating move in professional wrestling. <laughs> and I just really love when those kind of like when it's like a just patently ridiculous physical movement uh, combined with like this is the most this is this is a dominating force. Uh, oh, it's it's the transcendent into art form, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 so good. I I I I mark I I am just I'm here every time that I get to see a machine gun chop. Like that's mm -hmm. I'm just ah oh, so good. It's good. Yes, and um yeah, Tanahashi gets the victory here though, um for marking the first blemish on the Empire's record, and the second one would come in our next match, the uh the final match before the main event, our semi-main, Will Ospreay, uh the leader of the Empire, taking on former Chaos uh teammate kazuchika okada mm -hmm. um obviously before we get into discussion here like kind of I, I really am trying to be transparent about people that we talk about on this show um you know we talked a little bit about darby allen the last time we interviewed we did the aw full gear show and the allegations around him obviously there are allegations around will osprey and b, b Priestley, who was at ringside for this match regarding mm -hmm. um their involvement with blackballing of professional wrestlers in the uk mm -hmm. and um and harassment as well so obviously take that into account when we talk about this match because it needs to be taken into account when we talk about this match agree totally so obviously this is this is the grudge match i think of the weekend honestly that didn't have a belt attached to it osprey turn turning on okada last night of the g1 
um, forming the empire with the great Okan and Jeff Cobb, and then basically like calling his shot for Okada on this night. And um, I'm not going to lie, like this match was in- incredible. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was the match of the weekend for me, but it was, it was definitely up there whenever, whenever it ended 35 minutes um, of a very back and forth contest that honestly was probably better for its selling than any of the offense that was in it. Yeah, they both. Uh, so people, people have dogged on Osprey's selling before, but me personally, I've always thought that he's very good at it. Um, and Okada is like, he, I mean, he's the best (laughs) he's the best at everything pretty much and and including selling like he just really he gets it he is like in the pain headspace in a way that like few people actually do really um convincingly the way he does and it makes me worry because i love him um but yeah like this is i am just incredibly disappointed at who Will Ospreay is as a person and like so I can't even but I also I mean he is one of the best professional wrestlers alive right now um like talent wise I I don't think I could really deny that um and so this match was a match between two literally two of the very best wrestlers of this like you know century whatever you know ever um (laughs) so it's it it was gonna be great they've faced each other in the past like their first match ever in rev pro uh was magical and they had like great chemistry in that and it's been interesting to see their matches over time um you know that trace it's more about Osprey's evolution because Okada's always been this like stalwart superstar. Um, but it's been cool to see, like, it's like Osprey has a little check-in with Okada every year and a half or so, yeah. to, so we can see who he is now. Um, and it's, it's cool. That long story is, is cool. Um, and his outfit was definitely definitely my favorite Mm. costume of the entire wrestle kingdom really yeah that's i oh that honestly like will there's always there's always a statement there yeah with with will's gear i remember last year we we joked a lot about how he basically looked like he had majora's mask on his butt Mm -hmm. um which Mm -hmm. you know not like not complaining legend of zelda's rad but um <laughs> not what he was going for though no i don't think no but like god i don't know i well i might i might talk about my favorite look a little bit later um, okay because i i think it's pretty easy <laughs> to, to tell where i'm going with yeah, that. yeah i bet i know where you're going with that <laughs> anyway <laughs> I'm with you in like the dynamic that we've seen built up over the past three to four years um, between Osprey and Okada, you know, with that, that match in Rev Pro basically giving Osprey the bridge to come into chaos, mm-hmm. seeing them meet at like anniversary shows and, and different places here and there and, and having those check-ins to see Osprey's evolution. Um, and then to see this all kind of like crumble and turn on its, on its um, 
make do the 180 to have Osprey turn and come back as like the spurned little brother trying to like show Big Brother that he can hang with him. Mm -hmm. um, and even though ultimately he does fall, um, notably to a Rainmaker and not the money clip this time yep. around. Mm -hmm. um, but he, I honestly like Osprey, I think really cemented himself with this match as someone who can be counted on in the main event picture going forward in, in New Japan. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they've been building him as that, which is disappointing in the light of who he like has become as a, or has been revealed to be as a person. Yes. Um, but like I said, his talent is not deniable and um, he's been, he's an obvious one to build for the main event um, talent. And I, I was, I love the junior heavyweight division and I know new Japan is a, like along with its tag division a little has difficulty keeping it is a junior heavyweight division to be its own thing that can grow and flourish on its own um but it did actually to me end up making sense that he went up to heavyweight um just because he was able to do the work to make to sell it i mean the way ibushi omega and naito all did not naito Naito wasn't a junior heavyweight, um, no, but Ibushi yeah. and Omega and uh, there was somebody else, but not not Naito. Um, sorry, uh, but <laughs> like the people who you're like, oh yeah, I guess they were junior heavyweights once. Like, um, I think he's gonna be in that zone. Yeah, definitely, and and you know it's it's really only a matter of time before yeah yes tai chi that's that's a very good actually that's a very good um example honestly i like i i know like omega and abushi yes they've they made great steps to separate themselves from that division tai chi has to be the one that's probably done the most i think to to show that 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 he can separate himself from that division in a way totally omega and abushi were like proven commodities and in, in many yeah they i mean they're so talented they can just do whatever um, and I think that even fans are kind of like, well, yeah, of course you can do that. Um, but yeah. yeah, Taichi had to prove himself a lot and he did. <laughs> yes, he definitely did. I think Osprey falls more on the Ibushi Omega side of this, of he that does. coin. Yeah. Um, and I would not be surprised if we see him challenging for the, whether it's the double title or the unified title whatever form that world championship has going forward, I would not be surprised to see him challenging for that, you know, by dominion, honestly, mm -hmm. with, with the way that they might take this go, make this go. Mm -hmm. um, but for, for at least in one more night, Osprey cannot topple big brother Okada um, on this night. And like the match was stellar. It was probably, it was the match of the night before we, um, got to the main event mm -hmm. um which we'll talk about a little bit later because another two night program that we're gonna save yep. and honestly that's that's probably gonna be um i don't know i'm looking forward to that discussion no, have, especially mm -hmm. having you on the show the preeminent <laughs> ibushi stand over here um but that that takes it that closes out night one um mm -hmm. night two we kick off with we already talked about the kingdom pro wrestling match toriano um retaining that trophy um correct that would lead us right to the junior heavyweight champion uh, junior heavyweight tag team championship match mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. a returning yoshinobu kanemaru teaming mm -hmm. back up with el desperado which i okay 
let, let me finish announcing the, the, the match mm-hmm. that we had. It was them against uh, defending the titles against Master Wado and Ryusuke Taguchi. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I, I love that every time Taguchi challenges for these titles, it's just the most mishmash of teams. Like, out, like yeah. since Apollo 55, it's just been like, who do we put up with? It is like a beautifully sad thing. Like, he seems like he's always trying to get that magic that he had uh with prince devitt and like or uh, was he prince devitt at the, yeah um and he just doesn't ever <laughs> um i i mean it's i love ryusuke Taguchi so much um i wish he was used more because whenever he gets to be like actually wrestling for real instead of jokey guy with butt um he's just like he's so good still like always still and always yeah um and like he still does good butt jokes too which is you know of course i mean you can't have a gucci match without a good butt joke (laughs) why would you want that (laughs) there's a reason why he has funky weapon like blazoned on his Mm -hmm. butt for Mm -hmm. there's a reason for that and Mm -hmm. you can't not use it so Yeah. Oh, but um, this match was probably, in my opinion, even though we had like the, the odd makeup of the four-way to open this night too, this is probably mm-hmm. the most kind of thrown together match for me personally. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to see that um, um, Kenamaru was back. Um, and I was surprised that Despy had the mask back on. After right? such a like emotional and invigorating and honestly like moment yeah, that was one of those pro wrestling moments that you're like, God, I can't explain to other people why I love this so much, but holy shit, that was, I can't believe I got to experience that. Like, that was one of those kind of moments. And then he just came in with this mask on, like nothing happened. And honestly, I was kind of like, respect, you know? <laughs> um, like, you, if you don't want to deal with that, you don't have to, okay. And I think that works really well for his character, honestly. Like yeah. he's very guarded and and wants to. He's one of those people who seems to want to like connect. He always talks about Hiromu, like I love you and stuff. Um, but when it comes to like actually doing the things that you might need to do to like have a friend or whatever, <laughs> he's like, oh no, actually, like I'm a lone wolf and I don't. I don't have emotions. So I think that him just putting his mask back on, like, and it was great because um, a couple years ago, you probably remember, um, and maybe it was even during Vesta Super Juniors, um, where Hiromu ripped his mask. Wow. Um, wow. And he, he kind of just like flipped his hair over his face and was like all right let's fucking go um and it was awesome and that was the fr- i think that was the first time that he had the kintsugi themed mask was after that and like just to kintsugi is the the japanese uh art pottery art where you like if you have a broken piece of pottery repairing it with with gold um, so that you can see the cracks and it's like all about the beauty of the being broken and repaired and stuff. Um, and he had that in his mask. And I think that was the first time that he had that was after that match with Hiromu and this match that <laughs> had the same theme. I just love overwrought symbolism. So 
I mean, thank you, pro wrestling. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what that's what this is for. Yeah. That's what makes these moments for us. And yeah. like, yeah, you're you're right because like that was right after he came back from. I think he was hurt for a little yes, while. Yes, he had a really bad injury. I think yeah. like a back injury or no, not a back injury, but something very bad. Yeah, it kept him out for like I want to say like close to a year. Yeah. Yeah, yep. so that makes total sense, and it plays into the symbolism there in and of itself again. Comes mm-hmm. back broken, but better uh, in, in many ways, shapes, and forms. Um, but this match was kind of there for me, yeah. honestly. Uh, it yep. was like, okay, cool, we got this. They got Despy on the show. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up. Um, Watto has better pants now. Um, and better hair. And oh, yes, he figured out how to color his hair properly. And cut, and cut it. I love the cut. I... I mean the cut's fine. I I th- I, I don't know. I it's it still it, it looked honestly to me it kind of still looked like his first haircut. <laughs> but I mean that might just be a subtlety that I missed honestly. I I don't know. It just all I know is it worked for me <laughs> and it had not previously um worked for me. But I'm just I'm just glad that the blue wasn't as faded as it was at Jingo Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Watto. I know he's going to grow into it and like I just was in love with him as a young lion like I he was I was so excited to see him every time as a young lion so I know that once he feels like he's embodying his gimmick a little better he is gonna just shoot to the top I think but it was a little bit like okay this (laughs) and also like I inexplicably love Yoshinobu Kanemaru and I'm so glad that he's back um I just love these bastard heels. I love Suzuki. <laughs> Suzuki Gun is so good. Yeah. Yeah. I do also like just a, a, a note on Kanemaru. I love that he switched up the Centauri special mm. to in, in the days of COVID yes. now, where he's not yeah. spitting in people's faces. He's just whacking you with a bottle, which is just, it's so it's, much more convenient. Yeah. And uh, Yano did the same thing. Have you noticed? Like yes. Yano spit out water during his entrance, and now he has a spray bottle. <laughs> it's really good. Oh, I love that they're so COVID safe and in character. <laughs> so good. God. But yeah, like uh, Kanemaru and Despi retained the titles here, unsurprisingly. Um, so yeah, it was it was here. It was fine. It's probably the most forgettable match of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm glad that I'm glad we got to see Despi again. Yeah, um, and I'm also glad that on English commentary, Rocky was like, maybe me and Taguchi should team up again. Yo, I'm here I for want, it. I want this, please. Yes, please. <laughs> Give Rocky Romero another junior tag title run. Give him everything that he wants, please. <laughs> I love that he he was, um, he he's, they were talking about the never belt and was saying like, oh, maybe I should challenge for the never belt. And Chris and Kevin were like, no, you need to get the junior heavyweight belt. <laughs> they were like, no, you, you fucking reach for the stars. <laughs> like they love him so much. Um, and it's obvious why, like he's clearly very beloved as a person and as a wrestler. Um, so. <laughs> no, he definitely is. And the real quick, just a little side tangent. How great of a commentary team is Kevin Kelly, Chris Charlton and Rocky Romero, that trio. I love them is like they are the anchor to a lot of this stuff especially for english-speaking audiences and they they've just been amazing like i gino gambino whatever like I, he's yeah. he's fine for for what he does and like not disrespecting him in any way but like i'm i'm glad that we got the the treat the proper trio yeah for a wrestle kingdom it's almost strange to have a 
heel commentator with that group just because of how great they work together it, Gino is always like doing the heel commentary and it's a little like okay I get what you're there to do but <laughs> and he's doing what he's there to do and he's doing it pretty well but even he even is pulled a little face by the other three and I feel like um, you know, standing the commentary team is a little being like, I just really love my math teacher, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's very like, it's, I don't know, I don't know why it has that vibe for me, but, but they do honestly such a good job. And they all really understand how the commentary is part of the story, like the commentary, um, you know, like Kevin is always like appropriately outraged when um Suzuki gun jumps the bell and they are they are just like you know they are ignorant of certain things at the right times and they're very you know they're just like they're they just get it um I don't yeah. know how else to say it and they to have Chris Charlton there who is like pro resu encyclopedia man and also can translate Japanese on the fly like we to have a team of that caliber and Rocky is the color commentator you forget that he's the color commentator because he is so good and usually the color commentator is like little a little stilted a little awkward but he's just great um <laughs> and they are all sort of like appropriately emotionally invested they don't feel that need to like I think because Japanese uh masculinity is toxic in a different way than western masculinity <laughs> i guess like they are a, they are emotionally invested in the matches in this way that when you usually hear english commentary on wrestling it's more of that weird masculine vibe and it doesn't have that for me um from them i really yeah. appreciate that <laughs> no i'm i'm couldn't agree more like I, i'm right there with you on that um they have continued to be the best commentary team in pro wrestling, in my opinion, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. bar none. But it's very fitting that you brought up them talking about Rocky challenging for the Never title because that's our next matchup here. Mm -hmm. And probably the main reason why they're telling him not to challenge for the, for the <laughs> Never title because my fucking God. Yeah. Shingo Takagi and Jeff Cobb, what a fucking slapping meat contest this that was. Is, yeah, that is like pure big man's hitting each other. It was like <laughs> I I really love high flyers. I have a really, you know, soft spot for high flyers and I love um like I love Zack Saber Jr.'s style, but how can you not love a good old fashioned like meat slabs? <laughs> collision just, yes and you knew that's what you were good that was what was awesome is like going into this there was no other thing that this was going to be um like there was no it wasn't like oh what what kind of match is this gonna turn out to be how are we gonna <laughs> how are we gonna experience these two as a as a unit um and it, it was exactly what it promised to be and just delivered <laughs> so well yeah like i think th this match like they're just throwing each other around the ring, outside of the ring, suplexes everywhere, which honestly, you expect that from a Cobb match. I was surprised that Takagi hung as as well as he did in like the suplex battles that they had. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what shows the strength 
from Takagi. Like I know he's a bodybuilder um, when he's not wrestling, but like Jesus, I did not think he was going to be able to like get him up for that made Japan and hold him up there for as long as he did before dropping him. Like that's just yeah, they are they are um, like I was talking about high flyers. Their skill is very obvious and flashy, but these guys with their skill is a little more subtle. And it's in that, like, just having this insane <laughs> strength to do this stuff, like, to just be huge and lifting and throwing other huge men. It's really, um, I don't know, like, they do it so artfully. Like, and also Jeff Cobb can do a standing moonsault. Yep. I- <laughs> that shouldn't be possible. No, it's... <laughs> It's genuinely a little every time. It's like, oh, and he's so graceful. He's he does it so beautifully. Um, it shouldn't happen like that. Like a person of that size and shape shouldn't move in that way. Uh, I, uh, it's just it's I'm amazed every time I see Jeff Cobb wrestle, right. and and like this is probably his best showing in New Japan to to date. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, he does not capture the Never Open Weight Championship. Shingo does prevail here, putting that 0-3 mark on the Empire's weekend. Are they now are they now the United Empire? Honestly, like I stopped listening when I was skipping his promo the other night. Um, but I'm pretty sure he said United Empire. I don't I know if say. they changed it. Anyway, yeah. I like that you said Empire Weekend. That's cute. Um yeah. Um <laughs> Uh, and uh like i was just waiting for someone to say something about the empire striking back um and like they waited all weekend i was really proud that yep. the, the they commentary team, the... they saved it for new year's day <laughs> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> uh, the restraint <laughs> wrestling's so corny i love it i know um <laughs> But now, like knowing that now we see Jeff Cobb losing this match, they go zero and three. What what are your thoughts on on the Empire? And obviously, like they had their moment at, at New Japan at, at New Year's Dash, where they just thrash Tenzan and Kojima, do the stretcher job, um, and just kind of Osprey cuts his promo talking about like he's 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 an angry boy now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so like, I'm I'm curious to get your thoughts on the Empire as a whole, like coming out of this this week. I think they're a new faction, <laughs> like, and they, the, the vote yeah, of like, confidence. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think, honestly, I think Osprey probably can capably lead a faction. He needs to grow into it. Not a huge fan of B Priestley being there, um, for a lot of reasons, <laughs> but um, I get why. I like that Jeff Cobb is in a faction because it means more Jeff Cobb in New Japan, I, I hope. Um, and I've also never seen heel Jeff Cobb except Matanza. Um, and I don't even know if Matanza was really a heel, but also like they had his face covered, which is illegal. That should not be legal. Jeff Cobb is extremely handsome. And I think if you don't realize that, then you need to... I mean, yeah, Yeah, exactly. And heel, like when people turn heel, they get more handsome. Like that's just not uh, Osprey didn't, but like this (laughs) this happened with like, with Roman Reigns, like he turned heel and all of a sudden it was like, 
Well, yeah. Uh, or yeah, like yeah. Roman Reigns was already like one of the most attractive human beings genetically possible to make. And then he turned heel and I don't know what it was. I think he did his beard a little differently. I don't know. But he just got just he found more handsome somewhere and jeff cobb also did that not to the extent that roman reigns did um but <laughs> uh yeah so uh sorry got a little okay. sidetracked talking about handsomes you are perfectly fine um but the the empire i think that they will grow into it i hope they will i think they probably need some more members to be able to really uh do that I, I don't know I it's hard for me to see where they're gonna where they're gonna go from here it's it's always hard when you're starting up a new faction like that yeah to really kind of like find a foothold especially with like I mean let's face it there hasn't really hasn't been a new faction in New Japan for like what like chaos I think was the no or LIJ I guess is the the most recent one mm -hmm. um but even that one doesn't feel like it's only like what's five or six years old at this point if yeah that. um and I mean, I guess they kind of did a, a new faction treatment sort of with like the new reorganization of the Bullet Club with evil and stuff. But like, yeah, the, the newest one is LIJ and they're so cohesive and they're, they work so well as a, as a group. Um, but um, <laughs> <they're>, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I imagine they'll add other members like Naito started with just Bushi and Evil, maybe. Yeah, I think Evil yeah. was like the third one, and then Sonata. Yeah. So they, yeah, they had, and when Hiromu came back from Excursion, he was immediately part of Los Ingobernables. Yeah, so I wonder if they're going to be like they already have Okan, and it seems like they might need maybe maybe they'll add some more. Hmm. Mm maybe More. maybe umino was due for a return excursion didn't want to think about that but yeah like yeah. Uh, i mean about him joining the empire um he is like gonna be a superstar and i think i just feel like everybody thinks that about him and i always want to be like well i don't know are you sure but not him like <laughs> yes he is gonna be a superstar <laughs> so hopefully he could help i mean i don't know that's a, that's a lot of speculating yeah yeah we'll we'll see what happens down the line but i mean they have a good foundation we'll see if they can find a foothold um going forward they clearly have plans for them um so so we'll see what happens um but speaking of new factions um mm -hmm. we move to uh an old faction uh exploding with our next match uh the bullet club's evil against sonata the yeah. breakup and grudge match of uh two lij brethren um it looks like this this one hit you hard <laughs> another another got more handsome once he turned more heel i guess because lij is sort of kind of they're not really heels anymore um yeah but evil's another one got more handsome um yeah, it was, I never like wanted to be invested in Sonata and Evil. <laughs> I don't, um, but then this happened and I was, I, I really love Sonata and 
not just because of the handsomeness, but just it, he's so talented. He's so like, he has such a, a presence, but he also is like, he's gotten this far being like this stoic, not talking, very unemotional character. And he does it well. And it's kind of impressive because he doesn't do a lot of character work in promos and stuff. I mean, yeah, he um, hardly ever speaks. Yeah, he doesn't really talk. <laughs> um, but I was super into this because the story was kind of like um, Sonata just didn't didn't respond to evil, obviously provoking him. Um, and evil had kind of like fucked with Naito and Hiromu and stuff. And Sonata just was tranquilo about it. Um, and then finally he like lost his shit. Um, and I loved how it was set up. Uh, it was set up by the English commentary team, but also like Sonata did this work too. It was sort of like the, the match came in like, oh, he's gonna have to find that fire. He's gonna have to dig down to be like, you know, to find some kind of like passionate, fiery, whatever to be evil. And in the end, he did not do that. He, he wrestled as Sonata. Um, and he did his thing as hard as he possibly could. Um, and he triumphed. And I just, I loved that. I thought that, that was like kind of unexpected. I thought it, you know, the way wrestling stories go, I thought it was going to be that like, oh, he has to find, he has to like find that like extra 10% or whatever. Um, but he just remained himself confidently and it was cool. Yeah, he did not have to compromise himself to to topple someone who clearly had to compromise himself to get to heights that he thought he belonged at. It's yeah. it's a beautiful story, um, especially coming out of a summer and fall where you saw evil just basically running his way through Lij. Yeah, post the the split there, um, his program, him and Hiromu, that work that they did after he won the, the double titles, like mm. it's just. At that that image of Hiromu in in the ring after that after the match against Naito like is just one of the more like beautifully haunting images from pro wrestling that will he, always stay in my brain. He has always been so invested in Lij. He's always been like, I need this family to be together. You know, um, he like there was a a few years ago like they every so often they tease Sonata leaving Lij. Um, which I think is good, honestly. <laughs> um, and every time that Hiromu's there for that, he's just like, no, no, you know, like he like clings to Sonata. Uh, it's really, it's really good. And so obviously like it was a great, um, it was a great way to cement new awfuler evil to, to have him just like destroy Hiromu's heart yeah <laughs> yeah god, god yeah. damn it it was it was good in that way that you're like oh this is i feel bad <laughs> yeah uh, oh man no and and honestly like i like what they've done with evil and since the heel turn he feels a little listless now like mm -hmm. i don't know i'm curious what they do with him next um but i've liked the pairing with dick togo Overall, I'm glad to see Dick Togo back in the in, in New Japan at least. Like Dick Togo is just a guy that I personally enjoy. 
Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But clearly, Sonata getting this win, setting him on a, on a pathway for bigger and better things. Yeah, he's um, he's getting a deserved, like long deserved push, and they've been building him so slowly and like achingly <laughs> slowly, you know. Um, and it's really beautiful. I love it. It's it's one of those things where like wrestling hurts you sometimes, but if it does so satisfyingly you're happy to have experienced this, the story, even though you're probably sad that that sad things happen to people that you like. But I loved what you said about how in the end, Sonata didn't have to compromise who he was, which stood in stark contrast to Evil, who felt like he had to become a different person and betray everything that he had done in the past. And in he won the match, but he also like fucking won <laughs> because he did not have to, be a different human being he was still him still the same guy who evil knew like there was all this like well evil knows him so well and he's gonna have to change up his tactics and he was like nope he can come for me <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know yeah no it definitely and and I just the storytelling was was great in in this one mm-hmm. and and i can't wait for an inevitable rematch at some point yeah that's gotta happen that's gonna be a well that they can keep coming back to as long as they protect it a little bit i think they can keep like that'll be evergreen especially as they both like they're both growing as singles wrestlers and they're they're kind of on separate paths now so to have them kind of checking in with each other every once in a while will be good yeah definitely and i i can't wait for the next one personally Mm -hmm. we'll we'll keep watching for that down the line um but that is all for the the single night matches now we have two matches that kind of moved across both nights here Mm -hmm. starting off with um hiromu takahashi's journey back to the junior heavyweight championship um Mm -hmm. obviously winning best of super juniors back in december um and night one defended his number one contendership against the winner of the super j cup el fantasmo and his first match back in japan um since i think maybe like february i want to say um yeah it's been been a while yeah um i thought i mean the match itself was great i mean fantasmo is one of the better high flyers going right now He's another one like Will Ospreay, who I think was kind of part of the whole like speaking out thing um, and also has just like done some shitty stuff, like shoot mm. shitty stuff. Um, okay. Like he, I don't want to like repeat it because it was shitty, but like he used insults <laughs> that were like not cool to use, even if you're a heel. Um I see. And okay. uh, and like I'm not a fan of him as a person, which makes it all the more frustrating when he's like super fucking good at wrestling. <laughs> yeah, um, I I had not realized that his that his name had come out as part of that as well. So like yeah, I'm I'm actually like I I'm not sure like how much came of that. I mm-hmm. do remember seeing like a thread by someone who was saying that they had been harmed by him, mm-hmm. um, but I don't like. it's it was very nebulous like which ones people were sort of like i I don't know yeah an allegation is an allegation right exactly you kind of believe the person who said it and it came at a cost and if i recall correctly this person also produced receipts so 
Um, I could be mixing it up because a whole lot came around that time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but anyway, uh, like Will Ospreay, he makes me mad because of how good he is at wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yes, <laughs> God. <laughs> Um, it's immensely frustrating especially yeah. whenever like he has such good chemistry with Hiromu as well he does and he is just like he is he's a kind of heel that the bullet club doesn't really have right now like like he's sort of in the Jay White kind of mold but he's not like he's just like he's such a good heel he's so hateable as a, you know he's just really like crude and disrespectful in this like totally childish way um and very like you you know he's doing all the poses and stuff and yeah he's he's just like perfectly awful in kayfabe um and he was a great contrast to Hiromu in that way because you know Hiromu does his own like antics and stuff and then so you would think that like two people doing antics doesn't always work very well. Um, but it kind of was like, <laughs> you were kind of like, it's cool when he does it, but like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like I, <laughs> LP, he, um, for me, is like the worst parts of the person, the like kayfabe personalities of the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega during their like mm -hmm. early Bullet Club eras. Mm -hmm. It's very much like like chainsaw arm, cleaner, toothpick Kenny Omega. Yep. Mixed with like just like probably like third or fourth junior heavyweight tag team run Young Bucks. Yeah, like and, and super just, like fratty and like Yes. <laughs> yeah. But also like super just dumb in how yeah. cool they think they are. Yep. So yeah, like it it, it works in that and that facet for me and yeah meanwhile like Hiromu's coolness is just like it's just there because mm -hmm. he's just solely himself yeah in so many ways and this gets back to my favorite look of the night obviously yes we mm -hmm. you called <laughs> called I my mean, shot it was it was clear <laughs> and obviously like he's the he's the obvious pick I realized I was going for a bit of a dark horse there yeah but um and it was more about appreciating like textures and fabrics and shit and like not like a a dress snuggy or what you know like <laughs> a, a snuggy with a like multiple snuggie. fanny packs sewn onto it. <laughs> and I think he had a different one for both. I think he had two different ones. I'm not sure. If they were different, they were very subtly different. They look okay. very similar. It there is a little overwhelming of a look. So yeah uh, it might be it might be that i just didn't fully take in <laughs> the majesty of that outfit no nah, but but the the majesty translated into the match hiromu and phantasmo mm -hmm. put on a great opener for night one um really happy to see the super j cup get some love in in japan yeah uh, that tournament like i think last year when we talked like you had talked about being at the the, the first revival one um through on yeah. the west coast here yep and then this year's was like granted like it was in an empty arena but mm -hmm. the names that they brought in were outstanding very diverse from different um organizations as well i really like what they're developing the super jacob into and i'm glad that they're actually implementing it um into new japan proper a bit mm -hmm. with bringing mm -hmm. the winner there and kind of having this standoff to see who would face 
Ishimori on night two. Yeah. Yeah. And there, of course, sorry. Yeah. That no, I'm I hope that after, you know, if should we ever escape COVID, um, that they do bring it international again because the the first one was so like they did such a good job having it be part of New Japan, but also very like uh, for the American fans. Um, it was great. That was one of the best shows I've ever been to. So I want to <laughs> just selfishly, I want to see that again. <laughs> um, I, I'm with you. I, I want to go to those shows. I, I want that to come back because I, I need it. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously Hiroma wins. Um, and moves on tonight to take on Ishimori in a rematch of um, up until Osprey and Takagi um, had no rival in terms of the best um, best of the Super Junior final mm. um, in the history of that that tournament. Um, obviously, like that match at Kurikin a couple of years back um, will always stand out in, mm. in in the minds of the people that watched it, and we got to see that run back here. Um, for I think like the third, the second or third time since then, and it did not disappoint. Uh, they got the uh, the semi main spot on night two, the highest that the junior heavyweight title has ever been on a WrestleMania yeah. card, which is Hell amazing yeah. to see. Yeah, and he um, said after he wants it to main event the Wrestle Kingdom, and I'm I want it to. Mm-hmm. I think they should. I think they should have it. <laughs> I'm with you. Like honestly, especially if you keep it as a two night format. Mm-hmm. Like you can easily, like let's face it, like they're they are very heavily hinting that this double championship thing is not necessarily going to continue, yeah, possibly. So mm-hmm. like if if that doesn't, and like you need a title that you can main event that with, and you have an ace of a division like Hiromu yeah. has been built into, yeah, like that could easily that could easily um, main event an, one and, night of, of yeah. Wrestling. And that match with Ishimori could have easily been an an a main event match. They're both just like so so good at what they do, and they're great together. Like they just, uh, Hiromu brings out the like kind of crazy in Ishimori in a way that like other people don't really like he he kind of has this like weird sinister edge to him sometimes but when he's with Hiromu he's very he's like all right I'm just gonna get weird (laughs) um and it is it's wonderful and it works for his character which is cool too because he seems like you know he's the bone soldier and so uh you would think that being a little like wacky wouldn't work for him but it it fits for him I think yeah, and like they have such good in-ring chemistry. Like some of the the counters and like some of the, the moves that they worked into out of spots that I would never thought that they would be like I go back to the um the destroyer that Ishimori ended up hitting on um on Hiromu, like coming out of like just a simple running the ropes. Like mm-hmm. just like that like the, the stuff that they end up like working into in their matches is just ama- amazing to see. Feats of athleticism off the board. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I just I love the chemistry anytime they get into the ring together this was um, d- another crowning moment for Hiromu it seems like um, almost anytime he's on a Wrestle Kingdom it's a it's a crowning moment for him mm-hmm. and I'm and knowing where he was at just a little over a year ago you know where coming off of the broken neck mm-hmm. um, and seeing him 
have a full year to really cement himself back into this division and show exactly um, how much he belongs at the top of it. It's, it's just been amazing to see, considering this is a guy that we didn't think was going to ever wrestle again just a yeah. little bit ago. Yeah, it, uh, it was like really tenuous there for a long time, whether he would come back at all. And then he came back and not only did he win, he uh, he got to team with Dragon Lee and retired Jushin Thunder Liger. And he just like, uh, it set him up perfectly to like really take the, the crown of ace of this division. And I am, I've, I for one welcome <laughs> our new Catboy Overlords. Hell or yeah. Extant Catboy Overlord. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, mm-hmm. Overlord and, mm-hmm. and a welcome one in this. Yes. Like, yes, very much so. Can't say enough. Um, Hiromu, new junior heavyweight champion. We will see. Obviously, I think they're, they're setting up for a little program with show going mm-hmm. forward, which will be mm-hmm. fun to watch. Um, yeah, that's uh, how do you feel about that? Because I, I'm here I mean, for it yeah i'm here for it like show has shown so much over the over the last year in singles competition um granted you know it's mainly because yo has been out with injury but like his matches with shingo were like sublime in in many ways so good yeah his best i honestly like whenever he i want he fought oh no no he fought never mind he fought ishimori Mm -hmm. um but like Honestly, like even though Despy got that spot in, in the best of the Super Juniors final, if if you had told me that it was going to be Hiroma versus Show in that match, um, I would have not have doubted it. Like he's just he's just I've, yeah. Flying I thought Show so might like if if like it was pretty clear like Hiroma was going to win, but like I kind of thought if Hiroma doesn't win, maybe they'll give it to Show. I just love him so much. I'm of two minds because I love Rapongi 3K and I love tag teams and they are just like such a special tag team um they were tag team as young lions they were the first ones to do that i think um and like i love yo i just like want i i don't want show to surpass yo but also like he's so good and he's done so much um work to to be here so he totally deserves this filler defense <laughs> you know, it's all right like honestly like the, the shingo stuff started kind of as a filler defense but then it turned into mm-hmm. something that people have been clamoring to see again so yeah you know, show just keeps like showing out i hate that i said that anyway um <laughs> so that brings us to the the main event of both nights um mm-hmm. the the journey to become god in in many ways uh for Kota Ibushi um night one challenging uh Tetsuya Naito for the double championships the IWGP world title as well as the IWGP intercontinental title um with the winner of that match taking on Jay White uh the next night um Naito and Ibushi have a reputation whenever they step into the ring together I am trying to say this as democratically as I can why uh I, okay you know what <laughs> screw it throw it out the window these two people jesus christ every time that they step into a ring together it feels like they they have a death wish um like so many of their matches have been just cringeworthy from the the, the neck and head bumps over the years that they whenever they have stepped into the ring together mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people were 
like that that colored a lot of expectations yeah. in this match because sure. we're talking about a Wrestle Kingdom main event, mm-hmm. the a ma- like the kind of match where you already don't pull out all the stops um, because it's the biggest night of the year. Um, but these two have wrestled every match against each uh, against one another like it's been the biggest night of the year, and totally. so I was honestly a little surprised in that we didn't see as much of that in this match like obviously like they they cut they worked a lot of spots that made it look like they they were putting themselves into more like precarious situations than they actually were Mm -hmm. um and like they really worked around the neck issues and and and, you know naito's knee um as well later on in the match and they they, these two they always mesh really well together in that way Mm -hmm. like this this was just a spectacle this yeah. first match with Naito and Ibushi was a spectacle. What 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 were your thoughts? Uh, I I just love their story to get together. Um, like this was an interesting step in Naito's story. It was an interesting step in Ibushi's story, but as them as their relationship together, it was just beautiful. Like it was, they they had this relationship where like I wrote a thing about this. Um, a couple years ago, uh, where they, you know, uh, they were sort of baby faces at the same time, and they were in the same kind of mold, and they wanted Naito, they like really wanted to make Naito happen, New Japan really wanted to make Naito happen, the Stardust Genius happen, and the crowd just like wasn't into it, and so they paired him with Kota Ibushi, and all it did was make people go like, oh, he's just like, red Kota Ibushi (laughs) um and you know he uh he just couldn't get like all it did was make it was make it clear that like Kota had the star power that Naito didn't have um and then he went to Japan and he came back as or he went to sorry he went to Mexico and he came back as El Ingobernable and they had him still tagging with Ibushi which was adorable um when he came back because he was like you know Max Cabron in the <laughs> that yes. time um, and he was so perfect like disaffect like you know shitty little brother like I hate you and I don't want to you know I don't want to help you and I don't want to do anything that might make you look good and Ibushi did not like really deserve that <laughs> he didn't do anything but also like it's pretty understandable why Naito would think of him that way and then he so like Naito started Los Ingobernables he became who he is he became the most popular wrestler in New Japan and kind of came into himself and then they they met again a couple of times and it was still that dynamic of like kid brother needling you um <laughs> and Naito still didn't have the confidence to be like you know what I'm better than this dude and <laughs> Um, the, the couple of times that they met when they, they, Ibushi's very first match back in New Japan in 2017 in the G1, um, was against Naito. And it was that very, like, there was plenty of great uh, exasperated eye rolling and, you know, trolly, trolly, like opening, uh, (laughs) holding eye open. Um, and it, you know, it kind of started to get more mature from there. They did the, the whole, it seemed like endless matches against each other that IC um, title like yeah. program they had for like a year mm-hmm. 
it was tough to get through that. Um, I don't, I don't think that their like neck and head bumps are quite as bad. Like I've seen a few times when they seem really reckless, but, and there was once when I was like, okay, I never want them to fight each other again, because um, there was once when it looked like actually pretty bad um but and it it was it actually was like the last time (laughs) that they fought each other um but they came into this sort of naito having that total confidence now having won both belts being the shuyaku as he wanted to be you know having having beaten kazuchika okada finally to become the double champion and like just he he was in full possession of himself at last um and it showed like against ibushi um who was able to sort of recognize that and step up to it and then um like the the moment when like he when naito like pushed red shoes aside and took the belts away from him and then Ibushi just kind of like slumped into the corner like I don't know if I'm really gonna get these or not and (laughs) um and like Naito then gave them to him it was such a perfect like evolution in like what used to be this like weird jealousy kind of like like tried to make Tetsuya Naito happen and only made Ibushi look better sort of thing to the point where Naito is graciously handing him this double championship like I love you and you deserve this and um like that undercurrent has been there the whole time it's just really really good I I think that there were some people who didn't like uh this turn of events and thought that it was weird for Naito's story um, because of how weird, like, admittedly, his championship reign was. Um, but, man, that was super moving just to see, like, Naito having, and I know you you exposed me earlier as an Ibushi stan, but um, <laughs> just seeing Naito having grown to that point where he, like, he was sad that he lost, but he was also just, like, you deserve it yeah <laughs> that was it, so much that was great <laughs> yeah it was like a perfect capstone on mm-hmm. the, the the evolution of their relationship mm-hmm. and um like honestly like the post-match stuff like the, the match itself was great the post-match stuff like probably had more emotion yeah. in it than than part, m- much of the match itself just like from the from abushi like you know this, his selling at this this match was so good like him not realizing that, that he had actually won, he had won and trying to cover naito again <laughs> like yeah. red shoes is like pulling him off it's like no nah, no nah, bud you got it and, and then, he's like doing that that like dead-eyed sort of stare like i don't understand yeah words and yeah. then the moment when naito at the end like it was just the perfect the perfect uh ending for for night one and mm-hmm. Of course, JY had to come out and run his mouth like he, <laughs> like the the bastard heel that he is, um, and Love set him. up night number two. I know <laughs> night number two, like obviously this was this was Kota Ibushi's um, time, yeah. like like this was meant to cement him as like a number one player. Mm-hmm. If if you didn't already know in New Japan with these belts, yeah. But Jay White 
this showed so much about what Jay White can do. God, Night yeah. two, the main event there. This is probably my match of the weekend, honestly. Uh, was yeah, Jay White it's hard, hard to say that anything else was honestly, and I, I'm trying to temper that through my my filters, but that it, nothing came. That one hit the sublime levels of other storied Tokyo Dome matches. Yes. Um, the kind where in the middle of the match you're like, God, this is so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we still have 20 more minutes of it. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, it was like, you know, they kept comparing it to the Okada Omega match, which before this match was the longest uh, Tokyo Dome main event. And which I love. I think that's like they went two minutes longer than Okada and Omega. And I just think like that's cute. Like it's just <laughs> like Jay White and Ibushi being like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to both of them. Um, but like, like that match and also like Ibushi's match with Shinsuke Nakamura which is like my favorite match ever Chris Charlton says the best match he's ever seen um and really like I can't say enough good things about it but um his match against Shinsuke, Na Shinsuke Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom 9 where like you you just like lose all sense of time you're not you're not even like god this thing was 45 minutes long with that first Okada and Omega match you're just like the whole time in it you know yeah um which is pretty impressive <laughs> for a match that long um <laughs> yeah and you got the same feeling from this one too that they yeah. went 48 minutes um in, in this one and mm -hmm. it did not feel like 48 minutes no um it just these two guys just spent every last ounce of of what they could do in in this ring the near mm -hmm. falls were magical um all of the different counters between like you know ibushi getting out of the blade runner jay white always finds inventive ways to get into that blade runner setup and, mm -hmm. and i'm here for it the yeah. drama of the tto um god so good attempts. yeah like every there's not like honestly like every moment of this match just fed into the next one and mm -hmm. culminating in ibushi hitting um what honestly a short arm v trigger like almost a combination of rainmaker and v trigger mm -hmm. in a way and then hitting the third kamagoye of the match mm -hmm. to get the victory vanquish the the the, the specter of jay white that has been hanging mm -hmm. over him um ever since um the g1 final of last year whenever the, 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 the that was the last time that he beat him um yeah was last year's g1 final mm -hmm. um so vanquishing that throwing bullet club out on their ass this match honestly like it's it's very com comparable to that omega um okada match yeah. because you know that match solidified a newcomer in the main event scene in omega mm -hmm. um up against like somebody who was seen as either a number one or the number one of mm -hmm. that division in okada mm -hmm. and you had the same dynamic here with the bushi and even though jy has had um, a, a very short run with that title already mm -hmm. he still has had a, a lot to prove to a lot of people you know and 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 certainly that's a part of his character even if he even if we are like you've already been both the intercontinental and the heavyweight champion um yeah you know he definitely seems to feel like he has something to prove 
although he would not admit that. He just keeps, I mean, you can you can say all day, talk about your new era and everything like that mm -hmm. and, and, and your destino and mm -hmm. all this other stuff. But like at the end of the day, like the more that you talk about it, the more insecure you, you come off yeah. and it exposes you. And I think this performance was meant to really solidify that and really maybe transform the character a bit because like yeah you know, obviously like we'll, we'll get into the post-match stuff here now um the match mm -hmm. go watch the fucking match god it's, it's so good really good i yeah. i mean i know what i'm saying when i'm saying like i'm comparing it to ibushi's match against nakamura at wrestle kingdom 9 and the okada versus first okada versus omega like and some of the best ace wars uh matches to like I know what I'm saying when I say that. I know how weighty, <laughs> know how weighty that is, but I mean it. Like it just, and it felt like it in the moment too, um, which, yeah, definitely. You don't get that watch. that often. Yeah, and like those kind of matches definitely do have that, like where you kind of like step outside yourself for a second and go, like, God damn it, this is so cool. <laughs> um, yeah can't say enough good things about just like the pacing and the selling and the storytelling in the match itself and the feats of physical valor <laughs> that yes. they did like just crazy yeah and also good. i'm very happy we got to see murder abushi on a wrestle kingdom stage again mm -hmm. it's always fun <laughs> always fun when you see like the those eyes turn yeah just slightly um, <laughs> but obviously there was some major stuff coming out of the post-match uh, mm -hmm. of this um, that we thought was going to get some kind of payoff on New Year's Dash, but did not. Mm -hmm. um, Jay White, obviously after the match, um, in character, very much an emotional breakdown. Um, almost felt almost like a work shoot. Like He, he, referred, to him, he referred to himself as Jamie, didn't Jamie, refer to himself yeah. as Jay. Talked about leaving New Zealand, like not seeing his family for three and a half years to chase yeah. this dream. And to have everything crumble underneath them, like the, him, like throwing the tables and then just laughing As to himself. To yes. Side. Oh my god. Oh god! I that was so that like haunted me <laughs> because it was one of those moments where you're like, um, maybe I'm being worked right now. I hope that I'm being worked right now. <laughs> yeah, because like, geez, if this is if this is real, like, um, I just a hug. Yeah, I, maybe just give give the sweaty man a hug, mm -hmm. somebody. Um, but but obviously at the end of all of this, he he which says which is that, what he was screaming for. It was so oh yes. like screaming to like please somebody help me, somebody pay attention to me. just like for him to be broken that far down, given who he is and who he's been, to just and like Gato wasn't there, he was all alone. Nobody from the Bullet Club was there with him, mm -hmm. just like maximum like to be willing to be that pathetic looking and like and i don't mean that in an insult i'm like saying that is like We've you have to really there. go to a place to do that in front of people yeah that is impressive <laughs> it definitely it definitely is and like just him screaming someone help me yeah god like i, I, I can barely walk none of you would help me you just watched me hobble in here yeah and Jeez. and oh. it's very it's one of those moments where you're like but you're but we're not supposed to because you uh, you know and um yeah yeah but obviously this all culminates in him basically saying that new year's dash he's contractually obligated to appear but that is it mm -hmm. for him in new japan he is gone according to to what he says now obviously he did show up he was at New Year's Dash. 
a very um <laughs> and uh factored into the pinfall there in in the match that yes. he had where he <laughs> lost to Tomohiro Ishii which mm -hmm. is interesting whenever you have someone who just went 48 minutes at the main event of Wrestle Kingdom who gets pinned as as much as I love Tom, as much as I love Ishii I, and I believe he deserves an IWGP title run um but he's not he has not been framed as someone who should be beating Jay White at this point. Yeah, and he's kind of been a like a thorn in Jay White's side in some ways because he still remembers Jay White being shitty to chaos. And Ishii doesn't say a lot, doesn't really emote very much. Um, but you could tell he has a special hatred for Jay White. Definitely. So it was good to it was good that Ishii was the one who got the the pin on him, but devastating that Jay White had to take that pin. Yeah. And it, <laughs> and it honestly like it kind of made me wonder, okay, he's taking this pinfall, there's an angle coming and then mm -hmm. nothing happens. Um so it it's kind of left a lot of like Jay White's future in the lurch a bit. Like I think a lot of people are like pointing to this as a, as in a character thing and it more than likely is but i don't know there's just it's it's something that is unique to pro wrestling that can kind of create this sort of mystique around someone and and their comments and not knowing exactly how to take them and just kind of mm -hmm. watching a situation play out it creates a lot of intrigue um yeah. especially considering where jay white was coming out of that match against abushi like god not going to be challenging for these titles for the at least the the immediate future yeah where else is he going to go right what, like you know it's just, and, it raises a lot of questions yeah and omega was much the same after his match with okada like and he went through the same kind of emotional journey of like i just fucking put over the best wrestler in the world i just put like i know i did something out there um and like I had to walk out of there on my own and stuff, you know, like he had a similar uh like I think he even said something about quitting wrestling and stuff after that match, if I'm not mistaken. And and it's just like God, as a person, as a person who has just done this incredible physical feat, I can't even imagine then having to <laughs> watch the a person who did just as much as you did <laughs> then get all the cheering from the crowd or the like very loud clapping in this case <laughs> um you know like i can't imagine what that would be like i mean i know that wrestlers do obviously they know some of them they're gonna win some of them they're gonna lose and they know that you know they they know they're gonna lose going in but even knowing that you're gonna lose it's gotta hurt <laughs> i imagine on some level it's gotta hurt yeah and, and <laughs> in this case like if that if that was something that was there like it definitely fed into this this character development for jay white and yeah i'm yeah. It, i'm not gonna lie, it's made me curious to see what they do with him going forward yeah i mean uh, i want him to go home <laughs> yes definitely see your see your parents yes Jamie. please please, please. <laughs> um like and i think chris charlton said that he had said if that if he had won that was what he was gonna do was go home and see his parents so hopefully he just goes and sees his family um but also like um it made me have it made me have face turn feelings and i w i don't know how to think of that 
because it like, would be very odd it would be because he's such a good heel and he is just so perfect just like i can't believe that he they kept saying he's 28 he's 28 like he's just he's only been back from excursion from like two years he's just yeah. incredible to have the kind of like maturity and ability that he has like so to see him <laughs> do a face turn would be a little bit i don't know maybe he, he'd probably be great at being a face too i don't know. he can make it but, work I'm sure he could, but he's just so good as Switchblade Jay White. He's so good. Um, yeah. Yeah. And of course, that leads into the, the the final point. I think from 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 the the three nights, uh, Kota Ibushi saying that he wants to unify the IWGP World and IWGP Intercontinental Titles, mm-hmm. um, which uh, it's an interesting idea. Um, yeah. Yeah, how do you feel? How do you like what's your everybody wanted to have a take on that? So what's what's your I would say honestly, I'm for it in a way, because on one hand, New Japan has far too many titles. <laughs> As much and but at the same time, like the, the IC title has a it for a, a very short-lived championship in the scheme of things, has a rather um prestigious lineage. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Nakamura made that belt what it was. Tanahashi's mm-hmm. held it. Naito's held it. Um, mm-hmm. Multiple people who have gone on to such great heights in this company have held it, and mm-hmm. it's less than a decade in existence. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, looking at what they're moving into for the next Never Open Weight Championship program with Shingo and, and Tanahashi being teased, mm-hmm. I think that you can probably you can probably get away with like quietly shuttering the IC belt mm-hmm. um, in, in the way that they're talking about doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just hope that this doesn't end up with them splitting them up again mm. in a way. Like, because I think that at this point, you've kind of you, putting the two belts together as a double championship. It just would seem cheap isn't the right word, but it's on the right track mm-hmm. to kind of break them up again. I think that you made such a big deal out of the double gold sort of thing that... Right breaking them up again would just kind of be antithetical to what you were trying to say whenever you did crown someone mm-hmm. with both of these titles. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, I'm kind of like my knee jerk reaction is like, no, that you know, um, like that's Shinsuke's belt and, and the same things that you said. Um, but they do have titles that they're misusing. Like I, I'm not sure that they have too many, but they're certainly not really using the ones that they have. Like they could use the never so much differently. They've so rarely had a heavyweight versus junior heavyweight matchup for the never, which is what that is supposed to be. Um, And like they introduced the US title, barely have done anything with that. It became the Gaijin belt pretty much. Like it was not, like it was very much a side thing and it's been completely out of our minds for a year because of COVID and stuff. Um, and But also the US belt was what the intercontinental title was supposed to be, which is like a thing that you defend elsewhere in the world. I don't know, I like I have that emotional connection to the intercontinental title. I mm-hmm. love the belt itself too. Um, and also like with Sonata challenging 
like I am kind of hungry. I've been for a while kind of hungry for them to do something like what they did with Shinsuke Nakamura and the Intercontinental title with someone who has that kind of star power um, and a belt. It wouldn't have to be the Intercontinental title necessarily. Um, but like, I would have loved to have it be Naito because I feel like he is like a really good heir to the Nakamura vibe, the mm-hmm. like sort of weirdo outsider guy who found his own way after the fans didn't really like him and whatever. Um, but I want at least I want a story like that again. I love that journey and I love the idea of someone elevating a belt because of the power of how awesome they are. <laughs> um, and I honestly kind of wish Sonata it, like in my in my like little, you know, dear dear diary heart uh, <laughs> hearts um, as my dots of my eyes sort of thing. Um, that's what I'm thinking of is like, dear diary, I want to see Sonata totally own the IWGP Intercontinental title, but I, I don't know, like, sure, unify them or retire the IC title or whatever. I get that that might be, I don't have a feeling um, beyond my knee jerk feeling, which I totally recognize as a just like completely emotional <laughs> response. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like I could see it being fine. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that sort of feels like a right call either way it goes Yeah, in, in many ways, but I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see because like it's not necessarily up to Ibushi, but we'll see. No, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that that's actually his idea. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> and they're, maybe they're kind of floating it to see how fans will react to it. Cause they're, cause he was sort of like, well, I also could just like defend them separately. Yeah. And that would be fine too. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, well, this is all something we'll have to wait and see how it plays I out. I am but... interested to see what, what they end up doing and yeah. they have mostly earned the like, all right, I'm willing to let this play out <laughs> sort of trust from me. Yeah. Know? Gato's established a, tra- a track record. Yeah. At this point, so yeah, we'll- and uh, COVID was a little weird. Like Naito's title reign was weird, and like, a lot of things that happened were strange. But like, managed to keep the big storylines going well and stuff. So I can't really fault him for the weird shit that happened <laughs> in 2020. No, no, you can't really. Well, that brings us to the to the end of Wrestle Kingdom 15. Um, any. Uh, final thoughts before we uh, before we get out of here. Um, well, Brian, I love Kota Ibushi. <laughs> Fair. I didn't get to Fair. say that. <laughs> there you go. That's, you know what? That's a fitting way to end this. Uh, right. Yeah, and I and I just really enjoyed Wrestle Kingdom, and I really enjoyed being here. So thank you so much for having me. Ah, thank you for coming on. Let everybody know where they can find you online. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at. E-F-F-I-N-G-B-O-R-I-N-G effing boring. I don't really like do wrestling things, but you know, if you just want to hear my great opinions, I have great opinions about things besides wrestling even. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um yeah. So thank cool. you for thank you so much for 
having me again. Oh, thank you. My thanks once again to Rachel for, for coming on the show and helping to uh, run through three different evenings of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, and one of the more memorable uh, Wrestle Kingdom events uh, that we've seen uh, to this point. Um, it was a nice uh, cathartic thing to do as we watched everything occurring in not just Washington, D.C., but throughout the the nation here. Um, just <sighs> frustrating um, things that were on the horizon for a while. And um, it's just a shame. Sometimes you just have to lose yourself in in something that you hold near and dear and pro wrestling just happened to be that for us this week. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed reliving those three nights as well with us. I highly suggest you go check out the uh, Kota Bushi JY match. If you have not yet, definitely worth your time. Um, but that's going to do it for our time here this week on LGBT in the ring. Um, but of course we cannot say goodbye without uh, thanking all of the awesome people who make this show as rad as it is, starting with the Progress Pride flag designed by Daniel Quasar. That is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. Of course, a big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for our theme song, Formula 666. That's off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSWBand. Uh, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahandthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Of course, if you want to check out the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, uh, you can always go over to independentwrestling.tv, um, a humongous library of promotions of all different uh, styles, sizes, and shapes over there. Um, I know the recently announced uh, Cassandro Cup. The next event from the Butch vs. Gore team is going to be streaming live over there in March, uh, and we cannot wait for that. Um, but if you want to catch up on past Butch vs. Gore shows or past shows from the multitude of promotions out there, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod and get five days free to try out the site. Um, just enter our, that promo code LGBT ring pod, or you can visit tinyurl.com slash IWTV LGBT and get five days on us and give it a shot and see if it's something that you want to keep around. Uh, I, I think it will be. <laughs> um, and of course, if you're into video games as well, I do co-host a video game uh, news show called the Mr. Video Game Super Show that goes live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash Entertainment, Sun Like the Star. Um, it's just kind of a two-hour block where we go over the, the week's news in gaming and, uh, you know, discuss these topics, um, have fun where we can, and offer uh, critique and analysis where it is absolutely needed um, in this industry. So it's always a good time, though. I, I thoroughly enjoy doing it, um, and you should check it out uh, every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Um, but um, with that, we will say goodbye for this week. Uh, but of course, like always, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands, 
wear your mask, and call these people what they are. They are terrorists. Bye. Bridge, see me to deal with the demons so I love a commit. When the moon is out.